Hello everyone and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about storytelling, how you can write and craft your story that will provide results. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Gabriel Dolan. How are you? I'm good, Anatoly. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, we chatted a little bit before the uh, podcast. So yeah, I, I'm so excited to learn more about storytelling because I know today it's hard to get results without storytelling. And uh, I know that brands don't sell products, they sell their stories. So, uh, and I still see a lot of marketing messages with uh, generic stuff, uh, just sharing features, but who cares about that? People wanna get stories. Uh, and I wanna thank you for our sponsor, Sirenkin, a top-related all-in-one SEO platform. I like C-Ranking for their very accurate rank tracker tool, which shows your daily rankings for your website in five search engines for any location, device, and language. You can monitor Google Maps results and 35 search features for every keyword. And much more. Just Google C-Ranking rank tracker and explore 40 days of the software for free. So yeah, awesome tool. Uh, Gabriel, before we start, just tell more about your experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about storytelling. Yeah, so look, my experience with storytelling probably started about 20 years ago when I worked in the corporate world in Australia. I'm from Australia. And what I noticed in my, um, you know, when I was trying to, uh, in my leadership roles, in my change management roles, when I started to share stories, the message seemed to get through a lot more. People not only understood the message but uh, remembered it. And, and, and so I left the corporate world about 18 years ago and have been working with um, organisations, businesses, small, really small to, you know, large, helping them share their stories more effectively because, as, as you said in the intro, it's, um, you know, if we just talk about the products and, the you know, the, you know, the, product features and benefits it's sort of like so what is like how do you how do you not only connect with your customers through stories but also engage your employees with stories so it's a this whole concept around brand storytelling is what I've been writing about and teaching people for the last 18 years yeah exactly exactly uh, and uh, you know i always compare big brands popular brands with uh, small companies who just start their journey and for example uh, apple when steve cook uh, shares about uh, uh, i watched one presentation about uh, apple watch by the way i bought three pairs after that because i can't buy one i need to buy for my son for my wife because uh, they probably kill me if I don't buy them. But, you know, uh, he didn't share about features, uh, about this Apple Watch. He shared how this watch can help others to decide their problems. He shared three stories, how people can use them in common life. But when I check out some uh, mediocre marketing uh, advertisement, I can see they share a lot of features. They uh, submit a lot of information, but people don't need it. Uh, probably they wanna uh, get some features uh, in the bottom side, in other sections, but not in the first screen. Can you tell uh, where to start? How to craft your story? For example, if you start from scratch for a new project. Yeah, so it, it's really. I think there's lots of types of stories companies can share, and one. The one you're talking about as well is it like if you've got a product, it's like 
share the share the benefits, but not just listing them, share them like how they've helped other people. So it's, it's almost sharing customer stories about how they've benefited. But I think some of the really powerful stories around a product is talking about why they were invented in the first place. So in my... Um, in the latest book I wrote called Magnetic Stories, I share this really great example of Barbie, so the doll Barbie. I um, I was never into Barbies. I sort of didn't really like the brand of Barbie. There was a lot of talk about Barbie not being a really good role model for girls and, you know, unattainable body image. And so Barbie had quite a negative brand for me and a, and a lot of people mm-hmm. of my generation. And when I found out the backstory, so the backstory is that um, Ruth Handler invented Barbie. Now, Ruth Handler was the wife of one of the um, senior execs at, at Mattel who, who make Barbie. And in the mm-hmm. 1950s, when Barbie was invented, she noticed that she had two children, a boy and a girl called Ken and Barbara. So Ken and Barbie were named after her children. Mm-hmm. She noticed that when they were playing with their respective dolls, both of them imagined themselves as adults and why Ken, through his dolls, was encouraged to imagine himself as a firefighter or an astronaut or a superhero, Barbara could only imagine herself as a caregiver. So Ruth Ruth pitched this idea of a doll that you could change clothes and she could take on different personas and they initially resisted but, um, you know, it eventually it got through. And there's a quote by Ruth Handler that says, my whole philosophy with Barbie was that through the doll, the little girl could be anything she wanted to be and that Barbie always represented that women have choices. And so once I heard that story, it actually completely changed my opinion and, and would want me it would want me to buy Barbie and buy it for my kids and, you know, whatever, <laughs> just like you're saying, I bought the Apple Watch but I'm buying it for my wife and my children that's what that's what a really powerful story can do. It can help people actually connect to why you've made the product, not just what the product's about. Mm-hmm. Can you tell how to write the intro of the story? Because uh, in most cases, people uh, skip uh, consuming content in the beginning. Uh, it concerns video, it concerns uh, articles, anything. You know, they just open. If you can't catch their attention, they skip it, you know, forget uh, and never get back. Can you tell how to craft this intro that will uh, give a strong reason to read the whole story? Yeah, so the intro of the story is often called the hook. So how do you get people like hooked into you? And one of my philosophies is start with time and place. So time and place could be, you know, um, when I was a kid, I grew up one of eight children or, um if it's about a why you did this product, um, you know, it would be uh, I was sitting on a park bench and noticed that there was n- someone was struggling with this. And then it was that. It, so it's got to be really short. Like I would almost think of it as one sentence, how you get people hooked into what you're saying. And, and to me that it is time and place. So when was it and where were you doing? But it doesn't have to be really specific. It could be like growing up I noticed or when I was traveling through Europe I saw and and so it's um you know or I was sitting I woke up at four o'clock in the middle of the night with a light bulb moment of this. And so I think that's how you start your story. 
Yeah, I see some books on your background. You know, I, I love reading books. I remember a few years ago, uh, I, uh, let me share my story. You know, I overwatched yes. TV. I spent a lot of time, wasted a lot of time just to watch TV. I love it, but I got it that it's hard to develop myself. It's hard to go ahead. So I decided to switch my attention by reading books. And right now it's my new hobby, you know, to read books as maximum as possible. But it's hard for me to to find time. Uh, It's just excuses. Don't listen to that. But uh, can you tell about your loving books and why uh, and how these books can help you to create your story? Yeah, so all the books you see behind me are mostly all mine. So that's a little bit of it egotistical for me. Um, I, I, um, I'm not a big reader, Anatoly, but I do force myself to read because reading mm-hmm. actually helps me get my ideas. I'm a bit of a fan of the audio book, I must admit, because that means I can, um, you know, listen to it when I'm walking the dog or going for a run. So I do tend to have audio books. And if I really, really like the audio book, I then buy it in a, in a paperback version. So I, I tend to start a lot of books. I tend to not finish a lot of them. I do think a lot of business books, um, I think sometimes a lot of business books, you can get most of it in the first third of the book. Um, so, but I do, I, 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 do, I wouldn't say I force myself but I know um, I try to build it into my weekly routine of at least having a business book on the go or reading articles or, you know, podcasts about the thing. There's, there's lots of different ways you can consume information, but um, when I consume information, it certainly helps my writing. So, you know, I, I've, I've written seven books myself and I know that I have to read other books to inform myself and get my ideas to write my own books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Yeah, and uh, can you share some tips uh, how to improve writing skills? It's very important today. I think uh, writing is the foundation of any content, video content, audio content. We we need writing everywhere, but in most cases, it's boring. And you mentioned that you can skip reading books, uh, probably because it's not interesting. I know about that. Uh, for, uh, if I remember correctly, 95% of people just read 5% of all books. You know, they mm. uh, stop reading in the beginning. Uh, can you share how to improve writing skills in order to retain readers longer uh, give them a reason to read uh, the whole book because i i remember a few books that i can't uh, stop reading I, I i need to do a lot of other stuff uh, especially jack london i love this guy you know he's mm-hmm. awesome and when i read his books i can't stop it i i know that i need to finish i wanna know what will be the next so uh, it's my passion but i have some books that oh it's boring no way i don't know how i can live you know longer can you Tell more about retaining audience. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's not only books too. It's like articles. Sometimes you read yeah. it, you start reading an article and you get to the second paragraph and you just go, boring, not reading it. The first is be really clear. Be really clear on the message you want to get across, especially mm-hmm. when you're writing something short, like a, you know, it could just be a three or four or 500 word blog post. Be really clear on the message. So that's the first thing. And the other thing is absolutely, and I know I'm probably biased on here, but share stories and share personal stories. You said, you know, the the um, the sponsor for this program is SE Ranking. 
I mm-hmm. um I did a little bit of an experiment earlier in this the year, Antolio, and I looked at all the blog posts I wrote. And on average, you know, when I was writing about programs I run or I was writing about an article I read, um, I would get on average about three thousand views, which I sort of thought was okay. I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. What I started to do was experiment with just writing stories and personal stories. So there was still a point, there was still a business message, but I'd share a story about my kids or myself or growing up. And so it'd be a short personal story. On average, those blog posts got 30,000 views. So that's nice. 10 times more. So from 3,000 to 30,000. And I had some of them go 150,000, 200,000. I had one post. It was actually a story about my mum and it had over 2.6 million views. And, nice. And because it was literally just the story. So whether it's writing or whether you're doing video, you know, we create a lot of video or just audio, um, you've, you've got to develop the content first and so you've got to write the content. And I truly believe that if you're sharing personal stories, they will give you so much traction and cut through and connection than any other form of, you know, research or data or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, let's talk about the length of the stories. For example, if you write a book, yeah, you can share a long story. If you write mm-hmm. article, it's a short story, uh, not long. If you write, uh, I don't know, description for product, it's little story, small story. Can you tell yeah. how to adapt uh, your story to different formats? For example, uh, if I need to write short story for email, for product description, uh, it, it's hard. For me, it's much simpler to write a long story like Mark Twain said. You know, uh, mm. I have no time to write short message, so I write a long one. Uh, exactly. Can you tell about uh, how to adapt uh, <laughs> something like this, you know, to write short and long stories? Yeah, yeah. It's a really good – and you do have to adopt. You have to change it depending on your mm-hmm. medium. My, I have a bit of a rule of thumb. It's like when you're sharing a story verbally, it should be about one to two minutes, so no longer than two minutes. And when you're writing a story, it's almost like uh, the if you could get into word count and you could say like about two or 300, maybe 400 words. But I would say say it – like say it out – And if it's going longer than two minutes, it's too long. So I think in a book, if you're writing a big book, like all my books are just full of stories, stories a lot shorter. You've got to really get to the point. So in a LinkedIn blog post, almost look at it, think of it as almost like bullet points, you know, really get to the point. Um, I spoke about my experiment before. So if you're, whoever's listening to this, if you want to get into my LinkedIn profile, you'll see examples of how you can write a story really succinctly in a, in a LinkedIn post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, editing. Uh, for example, uh, I think, you know, many uh, content creators ignore it, you know, to edit content, but I think it's a must-have. You know, sometimes we don't need... Uh, different view, uh, different opinion. Even if people can be tired and can't see something, you know, some errors, grammar, grammar errors. Uh, can you tell about uh, editing, editing, how it's important and how to find a responsible editor? <laughs> yeah, and again, it depends on, like, when I write books, I, I have an editor that works with me. 
spelling mm-hmm. grammar is not my strength. It's like I'm, I'm creative <laughs> writing. So a couple of things. I think the, the creative process of writing and editing are two different skills. And so my advice is when you're writing, don't edit at the same time. Like just be creative and write and let all your creative juices flow. Then go back and edit afterwards. Now that might be straight away or it might be um, – an hour later or the next day. So I that's what I tend to do. I tend to write in the morning and edit in the afternoon because I feel like I'm really creative in the morning. When it's mm-hmm. a blog post, I, I, I just proofread it myself, so I edit it myself. Um, I'm sure there's many blog posts I put out that have got spelling mistakes in them and <laughs> That's yeah. that's the bit be- that's the benefit of something you know when it's digital you can just get in and change it and I often have people say oh you spelt that word wrong and I was like yeah whatever I'll get in and change it clearly in a something in an article in a print you know in a publication or a book you're gonna have you're gonna have it edited and you're gonna probably have it proofread by someone so um, but I think yeah to me to me they're very different skills and if you're not good at it like I am not I'm not good at editing um, get someone else to do it for you so even if it's just asking someone to just just proofread it and make sure it makes sense and stuff like that if you're not if that's not your strength just get someone to do it yeah yeah exactly I, I think uh, I use the same approach I know in the morning I have a lot more strength energy uh, fresh mind uh, so I can write but uh, in the afternoon in the evening uh, yeah because of many other things you you can't be uh, you you don't have such energy so you can edit you know to spend time with that okay let's talk about uh, improving writing skills can you tell from your experience how to do it? Because uh, it's still a big issue with many uh, writers. They think uh, they can read a few articles, how to write, uh, to uh, spend uh, a few days to write and to be a great writer. I, I think it's impossible. It, it takes time. It's a hard job. Uh, and I remember one tips from great book offers they shared. You need to write every single day. Can you tell mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, look, there's a few things in that. If, if if writing a book is something you want to do or or if you want to start writing a lot more on, you know, social media platforms like LinkedIn, for example, sometimes a good habit is to get into write something every day. And you might just do it for a month, like almost a challenge. Go, I'm going to write something every day for the next month and get into that challenge. And you might then you might pull back or you might go, actually, that actually worked for me. So that's one thing about the writing muscle. It's like, you know, it's sort of like if you're going to run a marathon or if you're going to do a big bike ride, the most important thing is every day get out there and, you know, building that muscle, building the running muscle, building the writing muscle. That's the most important thing. The other thing too is, um, and I guess this is for any form as long as your content is good and authentic, I think people will forgive spelling mistakes or the way it's written. Just like as a speaker, if your content's really good, you don't need to be the best speaker ever. If your content's good, you don't need to be the best writer. So I would say try to develop your content and then if writing or speaking is something you want to start to get better at, then start to improve that. So, you know, you would do a writing course. For example, um, you know, I do a lot of presentation as well as writing. And yes, I develop my content 
because uh, I want it to be good. But gradually over time, I've done presentation training. I've even done stand-up comedy um, training and stand-up comedy courses because I, I keep wanting to get better at that art of presenting. And so whether it's presenting or writing, you know, if you feel like you need to do a course, there'll, there'll be plenty around to do a course. Um, but don't don't wait. I guess my, my thing is don't wait to be the best writer before you write something because the way you writing will make you better. And I every time I write a book, I look at the latest book and I look at the first book or, you know, the first few books I wrote and I was like, oh, I would have wrote it then. You know, and you sort of look at stuff you wrote 10 years ago and you go, oh, my God, it's terrible. And it's like it's not. Yeah. It's not. It's just how you were then. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, I, I like to improve my skills on LinkedIn. You mentioned a few times about LinkedIn. I, I like to write posts on LinkedIn and I know most of the posts uh, will die for a few minutes, for a few hours. Uh, uh, if they can live a few days, it will be great, not longer. So uh, social media can uh, forget about anything. So it's a good, a good way to develop your skills. Just write social media posts and... Uh, users on social media don't care about grammarly about many other stuff uh, and uh, i completely agree with you about sharing uh, context first not uh, i think design editing can't save uh, bad context without yeah. value without anything so uh, it's better to create valuable stuff uh, in your context and then if you have time if you have these reasons uh, you can edit and provide some design but uh, it only helps to improve but not save you know yeah <laughs> exactly stuff. exactly and and the, you know there's an edit button on LinkedIn you can get in yeah. and edit it all the time and my other thing too is like because you just said it was like you you write a post and if it stays around for a day or two or three days you're happy it, it, what you should what people should also notice is you're writing stuff but not everyone's seen it. And so write regularly for them to see it. But also you could you could have written something a year ago, and I'm not suggesting just copy and paste and put it up, but you could sort of reuse the content and do it again. That, that story I told you about, the story I shared about my mum that had 2.6 million views, I actually mm -hmm. shared it probably about two or three years ago, and I think it had like about... 5,000 views. And so it, it just, I, I think it was on um, International Women's Day or Mother's Day or something. So I sort of reshared it. I tweaked it a little bit. I, I did make it shorter. Um, and so, yeah, just, just get in the habit of posting stuff, writing stuff and doing it regularly. And you will, like anything, you will get better at it the more you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Uh, okay. Let's talk about LinkedIn. You mentioned a few times LinkedIn, not Facebook, mm -hmm. not Twitter, not Instagram, LinkedIn. Can you tell why LinkedIn? So LinkedIn to me is the business platform. So mm -hmm. the, a lot of the stuff I write about is around, you know, how to get better at storytelling for business, how to present better in business, how to become a thought leader in your business field of business. So LinkedIn is where my audience is. It's the professional platform. I like LinkedIn. I like the voice of LinkedIn. I like I can give business messages. I I am on Twitter, but I don't I don't really enjoy Twitter and I might mm -hmm. do something occasionally. Um, 
so yeah, and there's so many other platforms. Like you know, you could get into. I'm on Instagram, but I tend to use that for a lot of personal stuff or a bit personal and and work. And I'm on Facebook, and there's you know TikTok and that. And my my thing is go where your audience is. So you go on the platforms where your audience are, and I guess go on a platform where you enjoy doing it so you sort of got to keep up to date with the platforms because they, they come and go all the time yeah. um and you know i probably you know I, th- I think tiktok's a growing growing platform and more business people are moving are on tiktok as well um I haven't ventured there yet, uh, only because I think mm-hmm. I've got, I would have no idea what to do. I'd have to uh, get one of my um, teenage, one of my daughters, to show me how to do that. Um, but I think go go to the platform wherever your audience is, and that's not only on social media, but it's also you know in articles or newspapers or stuff like that that you're going to write about if you write in them. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. I think uh, it's better to find uh, social media, as you mentioned, that you like LinkedIn, uh, where you love spending time, you know, because yeah. many content creators burn out, uh, give up because uh, they are chasing results in uh, places where they are not willing to spend time, where yeah. they don't enjoy the process. I think if you don't enjoy the process, you can move on. Uh, it's like, I don't know, like play tennis. I love playing tennis. I'm not waiting when someone will pay money for my hobby. You know, it's the yeah. same on LinkedIn. I can post on LinkedIn. I don't have results, but that's okay. I can move on, you know, because I enjoy the process to share value, to communicate with others. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I love your yeah, saying about that. Yeah. Do you, Anatoly, do you use other platforms besides LinkedIn or that's the one you prefer? Uh, I use uh, YouTube as well. Yep. So yeah, I I'm on YouTube as well. Yeah, YouTube. Uh, I occasionally po- uh, tweet on Twitter. You know, I, I'm not a big fan as well. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> uh, probably in the future, but uh, I have limited resources, and uh, yeah. I try to, uh, you know, uh, I try to cover many platforms: uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all of them, even TikTok. But uh, then. I got it uh, when you have limited resources. In my case, I have two hands. That's it now. <laughs> my limited time. Uh, and uh, uh, when I compared my results, uh, if I post even repurpose content to many different platforms, I get like uh, a few hundred views, uh, five, uh, ten new followers. But if I pay attention to one platform, specific platform, I can get even 100, 200 followers, 10,000 views because... Uh, you know, because when you understand the algorithm, uh, when you understand the audience, you can uh, get much higher results. But when mm. you jack of all trades, uh, covering everything, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, that's why it's my uh, <laughs> it's my uh, next question about learning customers or audience. Can you tell more about that? How to learn uh, your audience from uh, your experience? <laughs> Yeah, I think you really need to understand your customers and you, what you need to understand about your customers is understand their problems because if you're not solving their problems, they're not buying from you. So, um, you know, for example, I, I teach storytelling. That's what I sell. I sell storytelling. When I first started doing this, you know, 18 years ago, no one, no, no company was going, we've got a problem with storytelling. No one was thinking that. 
What they had a problem with was we've got a problem with our leaders not being able to communicate effectively or influence effectively. So they've got communication problems or influencing problems, and I know I can help them with that, with storytelling. But so what I'm what I'm addressing them is not you need to get better at storytelling and look at all the amazing workshops I do on storytelling. What I'm talking to them about is I will help your people get better at communicating. I will help your people get better at connecting and engaging with not only their employees but their customers. And then they go, oh, yeah, that's we've got that problem, so we will buy you. So that that's you've got to you've got to speak to their problems, not speak to what you're selling, even though you know what you're selling will help them. Um, now, now storytelling is such a popular thing, and everyone appreciates that they do need to get good of it, good at it. Now they actually go, we've got a problem with storytelling, so we, <laughs> we need to tell our stories better. So now I, so, but it's just a language change. So I can sell storytelling now because um, it's solving their problems. Ten years ago I was selling communication and influence training. I was still teaching them storytelling, but I wasn't sort of calling it that as much. Nice, nice. Uh, I want to uh, touch any issue that I have uh, all the time with my customers uh, online, uh, when uh, companies rewrite existing content, they don't create their content, they just rewrite, uh, steal content, rephrase. Uh, but, you know, even if they can uh, cheat Google, uh, social media, manipulate the system, uh, for me, it's hard. It's really hard. But even if they can, they can cheat people. Because they probably see this content. Uh, I, mm. I often see uh, such issue when, uh, for example, when uh, some of my friends can watch a, a new movie and I ask for feedback. Tell me about this movie. And they can share nothing special, the same plot. I watch many the same movies. So I think it's hard to cheat people on that way. Can you tell about uh, creating unique story? To, uh, and uh, be yourself because you know when you copy others you probably can copy their strong side not yours so i think for me it's much better don't care about others and think more about yourself uh, be yourself then you can can burn out you can go ahead you can find your audience can you tell more about being yourself yeah i look i i think being yourself is so important you know as as oscar wilde said be yourself because everyone else is taken um because i think you're right when you start to when you start to try to copy other people's style that's not you it won't work so this is when you know share your own personal story so if you share your own personal stories that's your you know being yourself find your voice so find and what i mean by that is find your certain way of speaking like um and and you know so speaking as in writing I remember when um, I was doing uh, my MBA and I was, and so it's academic and I would get my husband to proofread it and he'd always say to me, you can't write the way you speak. And I'd go, why not? And he goes, because you can't because it's an academic. So if it for academia, you can't. You have to write, almost follow mm -hmm. this academic formula. And and I, and I hated that because I wanted to speak in my voice. So now the biggest compliment I get when people read my books is when they say to me, I felt like you were in the room speaking to me because I'm, I'm writing almost in a way that I speak. And, and yes, the editor 
changes things. But my editor knows very clearly that she she will edit, but she won't change the voice in my writing. Yeah. So I think it's absolutely critical to go to be yourself, be prepared to sh- you know share your personal stories, share your vulnerabilities, because that is what people will connect and engage with. And and like I said before, when I share personal stories, I get ten times more traction than when I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, valuable. Uh, can you tell what content creators shouldn't do today? Uh, because it's obsolete, it doesn't work, it doesn't provide any results, but they still do from your experience. Yeah, I um, so one of the things I do besides storytelling is thought leadership. And one of the things I think people mistake with thought leadership as in putting your ideas out there with content marketing. And when mm-hmm. you are just just talking about your own products, your own service, yourself all the time and not adding value. Like to me, when you're writing, it should always come from a place of adding value to others. And I think if you have that lens over it, is it is it all of, I mean, yes, look, sometimes you've got to promote what you're doing and, and yes, that's you do that. But it should be a subtle, it should be sort of at the end and it shouldn't all be about you and your products and services. You should always be writing from a place of would this be a value, value to someone else? So, again, solving your customers' problems or getting them to think about something different. So I think, I think with your writing, if you always come from a place of service, it won't sound like pushy content marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. Uh, okay, I have the question. Uh, let's imagine uh, you have no experience. You started from scratch without any skills, knowledge, uh, anything. What will you do to learn more about storytelling? Um, I would say here. I said, don't don't sell over. I would if you if people are genuinely interested on how to start with storytelling. On my website, I've got a seven-day storytelling starter kit. So it's free. Um, if you, so if you just go to gabrieldolan.com, you'll see it. You'll get an email from me once a day for seven days. And it's just a really, it contains a really short video, like a couple of minute video. And it's just designed to help you start thinking about where you could share your stories, what type of stories you could share. Um, and there's there's a whole lot of other free resources that I have on my website. Um, you know, of course, you can buy my books and do my programs, but um, the seven-day storytelling starter kit, is it, it, it's at least free and it'll get you started. Uh, I'm going to read your books. Uh, can you tell uh, a strong reason for my audience? Because, yeah, I have this goal. I'm going to read your books. But for my audience, give a strong reason to read your books and which books uh, they need to read first. Okay. I, I think because of your audience, I would suggest, I'm going to grab it, The my latest book is it's probably my best, but, you know, we talk about you get better at writing. I really <laughs> loved writing this book. So it's called Magnetic Stories, um, How to Connect with Customers and Engage Employees with Brand Storytelling. So I think if you're running a business and whether it could just be a small startup or an entrepreneur or you want to learn, if you're a student wanting to learn about marketing and brand storytelling, that would be a really interesting read. You know, it's got stories in there like the Barbie story and it's got all these amazing stories of what companies around the world 
um, have been doing with stories. And Atoli, I know you said you're in Florida. One of one of the um, case stories in the back was about the um, Colombian restaurant in Florida. And so yes. it's the oldest it's the oldest uh, restaurant in Florida. And they do it's like fifth generational owned. They the stories they share on Facebook on on their socials and you know in their menu. So I would say magnetic stories is the if you get, if you're only going to buy one book around storytelling and brand storytelling and how do you share your stories, I would say that is um, that's the one to to go with. Nice. Uh, if you have a link to Amazon, uh, you can type on private chat. I'll share with my audience yep. in the description. And uh, I have the question about the future of storytelling. What do you think? Uh, what kind of future will be, especially when many things are coming, like Web3.0, uh, I don't know, Metaverse, many other stuff. Uh, all this technology can change uh, human psychology. Or storytelling will be uh, in the first place everywhere. What do you think? <laughs> Live all the time. Yeah. Well, I've, I've had some people say to me, do you think storytelling's a fad? It's like mm -hmm. the only thing that separates, I, I love the book Sapiens where he talks about the only thing that separates us humans from any other animal is our ability to tell stories. And, you know, <laughs> I'm from Australia and Australia is, is the proud culture of, I mean, First Nations people have the longest culture in the world of over 65,000 years and they have these Dreamtime stories that are being passed on for tens of thousands of years and they're just stories. That's all they are. So I think story storytelling will become, it's, it's part of what we do as humans. I think it will become more critical for us to use stories in business because we are being bombarded with so much data and so much information and so much automated, you know, AI stuff that, that the, we'll actually be able to connect with each other. I think the last couple of years with COVID and everyone being working from home and being physically disconnected, what we've realised is that the importance of actually being emotionally connected and you do, you do that through stories. It's, it's, it's actually what stories do. You, you will tell me a you tell me a story and I'll tell you a story and all of a sudden we feel closer because we've shared something personal with each other. So I think uh, I think storytelling will always be part of humans and I think it'll become more critical in business as as we move forward. So I think yeah. I, and again and I'm again I'm a bit biased but um you need to be able to tell <laughs> stories. I think it was Steve Jobs who said the most powerful person in the world is the storyteller. And nice, so nice. if 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 it, that's coming from Steve Jobs, I'm going to I'm going to go with that. <laughs> okay, I have the final question about AI. What do you think about AI? I think, you know, today AI tools can't replace writers. Uh, probably they can replace mediocre writers who don't care about others, you know, uh, but they can't replace good writers who spend time, improve their skills. What about the future? What do you think? Hmm. Writers in dangerous or not? <laughs> No, I don't think so. And you know what? AI, AI can never replace sharing your personal story. Um, I mean, there is automation around and I'm actually, you know, working with, you know, someone about how you can, uh, how someone could write something and you get, you know, like the deep 
fake video technology and turn it into an actual story where someone's speaking, mm-hmm. but it but it's still getting the information from the individual to create the story in the first place. So, um, yeah, you're right. I, th- I think, you know, some writing could be replaced. Um, you, you Even, you know, when you get on a website and the, the chat person comes up, it's never a person, is it? It's always a robot. Um, yeah. So that, that automated stuff is there, but, you know, no one can no one can automate your personal stories yeah yeah love it love it gabriel it's a big pleasure to get on my show to learn from you you share a lot of valuable insights i can see it guys you need to read books from gabriel you can see mm-hmm. a lot of value tell our audience how they can reach out to you learn more about you follow you yeah so website gabrieldolan.com um, connect with me on LinkedIn. From my website, you'll be able to access that seven-day storytelling kit. It's also got links to all the all my books, which which they're all on Amazon. So you'll be able to find them all, and you know all the usual places. But LinkedIn, as we've spoken about, and my website—that's the best place to contact me. Okay, guys, you need to do it. You can see if you want to learn more to get more valuable insights, just follow Gabrielle because she's active on LinkedIn, uh, open website, buy books because you can see a lot of value. Thanks again, Gabrielle. It's a big pleasure. Welcome back anytime to share more value. Thanks, guys, for listening and watching us.